to Fans of the Forge. We are today wrapping up an episode of Master of Arms, Season 1, Episode 3, The American Long Rifle. Oh, you're doing the... Okay. (laughs) So our three contestants are Michael Crumling, 29 years old, specializes in hand-engraved weapons, three years experience. Um, Mike Davis... 54 years, he's made over 600 guns, and Damn. his specialty is 18th, 19th century rifles. Pretty and impressive. then we have Mike Paz, who we will be calling Mikey, because we already have a Michael and a Mike. <laughs> he's 42 years old, with a year and a half of experience, and he's a retired combat medic. So while we're typing, it didn't really connect that they're all named some form of Michael. Yeah. Until I tried to like type who's doing what, and I was like, oh no, which one's which? But we, you know, we got it. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. For the quick draw challenge, um, they had six hours to make a socket bayonet. It's from the late 1600s, around the muzzle of the firearm, allowing the weapon to be fired with the bayonet still attached. So that was like, you know, new technology of the day, is that you didn't have to take the bayonet off. The parameters are that it was 17 to 19 inch blade, needs to be removable or detachable from the muzzle. They will be receiving the barrel that it needs to be attached to. So that was a nice little you know, leg up. They didn't have to worry about doing that. It needs to have the ability to go into and out of something without detaching from the barrel. So the bayonet has to be able to come off, but only when you want it to. Right. Yep. So for Mike, a, the first Mike, he used the one being called Mike. Yeah, he used square stock for his, and he made a triangular blade. And then for his socket, he made a collar to fit around the barrel and added a locking mechanism. Which um, was his the locking mechanism that was? It wasn't like the one that you screwed on or anything. It was the one that kind of just like it had a a channel like, in like it, like a that keyway. Would, yeah, like a keyway that locked into place. For Michael. He used square stock as well, and he forged out his socket first, uh, but otherwise no real issues that we noted. And then for Mikey, he used smaller square stock than the other two, and he designed his to be more of a dagger style. At some point while he was trying to make this blade, it ended up looking like an S. Oh, okay. So probably while he was working on it and... It was a small. It was a very small piece piece of stock. So the heat from just forging that out can cause it to warp and bend. So it was a little bit of S shaped. But he does quench his blade before he works on the socket. And then while working on the socket, the blade broke into three pieces. You couldn't really tell what happened. If it broke while it was being hammered, or for, or if it just when it fell, it broke. But he started over on his blade with two hours left. Yeah. And we did note that Trenton would check in with each of the competitors and question their stabby, stabby quality of their (laughs) bayonets. Technical term for the bayonet. And then for testing, it was all about can your bayonet pierce a 55-gallon barrel and retain the tip and the shape and also remain attached to the gun barrel during testing and then detach at the end of the test. So... After you're applying this force, you still have to be able to detach it afterwards. For Mike, his was a little loose on the barrel of the gun, but it performed well and it detached easily afterwards. 
For Michael, his also performed well and detached without any issues. And then for Mikey, it didn't really penetrate at all, and the socket slid up on the first strike. So basically, the way that he had it attached wasn't very good because it just it just went right up the, the barrel as he hit it, and they could not get it to detach from the barrel after that. So because of that, Mikey got the boot. Oh, poor Mikey. Poor Mikey, and we move on to our Master Build Challenge. All right. So Master Build Challenge this week, uh, Mike and Michael are given four days to make an American flintlock long rifle. For the background of this, it's a marksman's rifle at a time when guns were very inaccurate around the 18th century. It did not generally have a bayonet. Parameters for this had to be between 52 and 55 inches long, needed a working flintlock mechanism, must have engravings and brass fittings. Modified a design to accommodate a functional bayonet. So this is interesting. So it's kind of, you know, fall along these certain historical lines, but they but they added a bayonet. They added a bayonet to it. Yeah. So Mike, day one, it's making guns longer than Michael has been alive. <laughs> Ain't that right? So he's using ash. He would rather have maple, um, and does a lot of chiseling work on this. Yep. On uh, day two, he's working on a front of the trigger guard. He's forging that out. Day three, didn't show too much of him working. Day four, fit and finish, which is the worst part, he says. And it's noted that he's tidying up his little work area with some extra time on day four after he's yeah, kind of he done was, working. He was pretty much done. He's yeah. like, oh, might as well clean this place right. up. So for Michael, he goes with walnut. And it's his first time starting a stock from scratch. Um, and he's using a tool instead of a chisel. Did he jigsaw it out? I think he jigs like used the, yeah. the saw to cut the shape out. Which makes sense. I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that any other way. Yeah, chiseling yeah. it out was, was a lot of work. Really. Did you, they, I think they showed Michael's, um, some of the stuff he's done before at the beginning of the episode. It was badass. Like, he showed, like, pistols and stuff that he engraved. Oh, yeah. It was gnarly. I was like, oh, my God, this is artwork here. So I was kind of stoked to see what he can do with this thing. Mm -hmm. So day two, he's working on a muzzle. He's forging that out. And the back end of the trigger guard broke. And then on day three, uh, that's my flashlight. Oh, (laughs) that's your flashlight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He had a flashlight that was part of something he was doing. And I have the exact same flashlight as the one that I read in bed with. Yeah, she in bed. (laughs) When she goes to bed, like she's in camp, she gets a little flashlight so she can read her book. And I don't have to get up to turn the light off. Doesn't have to turn off the light. I go to sleep. But it's the same little blue flashlight that she got from Walmart. Uh, (laughs) All right. And he's working on his assembly. Day four, fit and finish. The best part, he says, not the worst, uh, as opposed to Mike. Uh, finally, puts it all together. 28 minutes left. Yeah. And this might come to bite him a little bit. And I, I when we get to it, I, you know, I'll probably have some words about it. <laughs> so anyway, these guys, while they're, you know, during the whole work week, um, they talk to each other, watch each other work, give advice. And it seems that there's more airtime given to the master build than a quick challenge. They focused on a little bit more for this episode, which they should. Yeah. And that takes us over to testing. So moving on to testing, Nick Irving, 
What do you know? Specialized badass is back. Oh yeah. You know he's gonna do it. So <laughs> you know what's up. And so he takes he's gonna fire to long range at an explosive target and then stab a side of beef. <laughs> beef. Well, okay. So why did it need to be an exploding target? Did it need to be an exploding target? I think I they mean, just wanted it to be an pizzazz, exploding target. Oh yeah. Listen, if you if you can, why don't you? It's true. It yeah. seemed unnecessarily complicated when they could have easily just... It's a paper plate with some, like, some, you know, thermite or gunpowder in there. Just... It's how you know from far away that you hit something. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if you, if you were at, like, a shooting range and you had the ability to have an exploding target, wouldn't you do that? Of course. <laughs> but the, this target... Okay, so I hear what you're saying, but it wasn't, like, a tiny little circle in no, the I know. Center. It was a, a paper plate. It was plate. a huge <laughs> paper plate. It's like, you didn't need to be that accurate to be able to hit that thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you just need to get it into this area, which... Okay. But it's a hand... Okay, it's... I've never made a gun, so I can't well, Hold speak. that thought. <laughs> so Mike, his target target explodes. The bayonet breaks off on the third stab. The day I die, that bayonet is gonna curse me in the grave. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. We were laughing at that. that was, we felt bad it broke, but it, his, his comment was good. And Michael, his target does not explode on the first shot. Yeah. So he's, oh, he got this big target. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't hit it. This guy didn't even hit it. Well, that's the First point. Shot. I mean, it doesn't matter the size of the target. If they were shooting for a bullseye and they couldn't get it. You would have been screwed. It would have been bad either this way. Bayonet, this bayonet was in the way of the sight. So um, Nick had a hard time you know, getting that shot lined up. Um, but he goes for a second shot, and he does hit the target, and it explodes. And during his stabbing, uh, the tip of the bayonet broke off. That's that. Time for the judges to make their comments. So for Mike, Ashley claims that it looks like something from the 18th century. Trenton said the sights were perfect. And Zeke notes the bayonet coming off. And Trenton explains why it happened. It had a thin lug piece. Michael, um, Trenton likes the use of wing nuts to attach the bayonet. Zeke notes the sight problem. Um, Ashley talks about the fact that in an 18th century battle, the likelihood of getting a second shot is low. So bringing back that sight problem, you know, that would be a detriment in actual battle. Mm -hmm. um, Trenton says that because the bayonet bent, it would have to be removed to reload, which is also problematic. So that's uh, so the issue I think with Michael is maybe, you know, at least with his sight, is that, you know, he threw this thing in at the very last. He didn't have much time left, right? So. Did he know about this issue with the bayonet and the sight kind of being, you know, screwing things up? I don't know. Like, if he had more time to put it together, did he have time? Was he doing, like, assemblies and checking things? I mean, maybe it's possible he put it all together but didn't take the time to just right, look sight down it, the, the sight. And see what was going on and try to make some adjustment. And so, like, just that, you know, the longer time it took him to make it might have just killed him there. Yeah. So then Mike went home with $10,000, and Michael was pretty and functional. Oh, pretty and function don't always go hand in hand. Right. So interestingly enough, even though they've been stressing the pretty with the function, <laughs> now yeah. they're mentioning it doesn't always go hand in hand. Another thing I just thought of is, you know, so you don't always get a second shot in battles, which you said. 
Well, they didn't have a bayonet on the end of this thing back in the 18th century either. So if remove the bayonet and he, there's no problem there, I'd say. Yeah, it's tough to say because it is a, it's a modification on a weapon that wasn't normally there. So yeah, how would it have actually been used in war? It's hard. To, we weren't there. We weren't there in war either. Right. Yeah. So anyway, want to take us out? Sure. Watch our videos. Like us. Subscribe to all the places. We've got YouTube and podcasts and Facebook and Instagram. And did I miss any? Nope, that's fine. No. All right. So Goodbye. thank you. Thank you for watching. <laughs> and uh, that was Master of Arms Season 1, Episode 3. Catch you next time. Finally got in the swing of it. Episode 3. I'm just not buying it. <laughs> <laughs>